From the pod racing tracks in the lower ring to the home of Becky Schmuchabacher in the upper ring and beyond, you're listening to Star Scavengers, a Lego Star Wars podcast with a focus on the Freemaker adventures. I'm Jonah Marie Macias, and with me is my podcasting partner, Aaron Goins. How's it going today, Aaron? I'm just impressed you got Smoochabacher in the first try. <laughs> I t- <laughs> <laughs> Smoochabacher? I want to know how they came up with that last name. <laughs> I feel like they were just in a room like, hey, what's the most ridiculous name we can come up with? <laughs> yeah. For Xander's, you know, dreamy girlfriend. <laughs> right, right. I want to see this character. We have to, I want to know what she looks like. Yeah, I hope she has big lips. I mean, smoochabacher. Right, yeah, you would think. You would think. But no, I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm excited to talk more Freemaker adventures. And I had a pleasant July the 4th weekend, so that's that's always fun. That is good. That is very good. Did you catch any fireworks? From outside my window, yes. Okay, nice. Yeah, you have to do that, right? Exactly, yeah. Right, so we made it to the second episode of a podcast, which is kind of a milestone for any podcast, right? It really is. <laughs> you, get, you can get the first one out there, but getting to that second one, that's really the, the true test on the, if you're going to stick with it. <laughs> so we got, we're, we're recording our second episode. We're planning on sticking with this you know, for the long haul. So we're back. We are, and we're going to stay here forever and ever. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll hope, we hope that uh, Freemaker Adventures lasts for a while, so we'll, we'll have uh, some good subject matter to talk about. But um, outside of Freemaker Adventures, we do talk about other LEGO stuff. And in our last episode, we were kind of discussing the, uh, the new LEGO The Force Awakens game and kind of wondering if it was released yet. Well, it was. It was like a day or two after, I guess, I think so. I right? think right after we recorded, I think it was like the next day that the game came <laughs> out. So um, by the time the episode was released, the game had had already been released. Um, so yep, it's out there now, and uh, so people have been playing it. I actually picked up a copy myself. Nice for what console? Uh, Xbox One is my gaming of choice, my gotcha. console of choice. So I know you said you don't really do the console game thing, do you? Not often, no. But if I could, it'd be a PS4. Okay. Mm-hmm. So. Just because I'm used to that system more. Well, I know first uh, having this podcast has kind of reinvigorated my interest in Lego again. You know, I've always been a fan of Lego and kind of bought sets from time to time. Um, had kind of stopped playing the lego star wars games but now that i have a podcast it's like you know what i'm back in this stuff you know like (laughs) had to get the game i'm I'm finding myself every time i go to target i'm walking down the lego aisle i'm checking out what sets they have you know i'm doing my research so yeah it's kind of reinvigorating my my love for lego so maybe maybe this will be your kind of push over into getting a, a console Maybe. maybe I definitely want to. <laughs> maybe I definitely want to get the console for No Man's Sky, which was delayed and I think pushed to August. So I, I definitely want to get that. So hopefully, in getting that, I'll also pop on over to the Lego aisle and, and grab that game. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so I actually played a little bit of it. We're not going to do a full review on this episode uh, uh, because I want to give it its you know its due. I want to do a, a good review of the game play a little bit more of it, uh, maybe bring on somebody else uh, that has played the game as well and uh, get some good discussion about it. But I will give my initial quick thoughts. 
the game kind of starts out actually surprisingly in the original trilogy era. Oh, interesting. I I do remember seeing battle droids, but that was for the prequels. So is there prequel content in there? Um, I I haven't gotten very far. I I just completed the first, I don't know what you call it, but first area of the game, first mission, first whatever. But um, it was all set on, you know, at the end of Return of the Jedi. So you're basically playing out the events of the end of Return of the Jedi. Gotcha. And I guess that's setting up, moving on to The Force Awakens. But I did find it kind of like, uh, you know, I bought a game about The Force Awakens and I find myself playing, you know, there's Ewoks and, you know, Scout Walkers and, you know, the Death Star battle. I'm like, this is not what I was, you know, expecting to play. I was expecting some Force Awakens content. Mm. But I'm sure there's plenty of it. I just haven't gotten there yet. Gotcha. It'd be cool if they give you like an in-between. Maybe they give you all the the secrets to what happens in between. (laughs) Right, yeah. That would be amazing. But I haven't heard that kind of buzz going around, so I don't think that's the case. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, no, but I'm having fun with it. It has been a while since I've played a Lego video game. Uh, But I – so I'm trying to get back used to that style of gaming, a lot of the kind of the puzzle solving you know, you have to figure out how to get past a certain area by, you know, building whatever in the right place. So you push the right button with the right character kind of thing. I gotcha. And it, um, for me, it can get a little frustrating. You know, I think, <laughs> you know, I, that's the kind of gaming that starts to get tedious for me. Um, I was more of the, uh, the force unleashed. I don't know if you ever played that. Uh, no, I have not. Oh, wait, actually, I saw... No, I didn't play it, but I did go into YouTube and I watched some of the, the story play, I guess, the the scenes that would happen between the the user taking over. I know that's cheating. That's cheating. I know that's <laughs> cheating, but, you know, I didn't have access to the game and I didn't want to go through it. <laughs> that's fair, that's fair. But that's kind of more my style of gaming. I'm the type of gamer that just likes to, like, hack and slash and, you know, work, you know, fight my way through a game and just kind of play through the story. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like to have to think too hard about it. I gotcha. So Leg- I, I mean, you shouldn't have to. It's just for fun. So, But Lego Star Wars is forcing me to think through things. I swear I was in this one area, and I had Wicket, and he's got to, like, crawl through a cave to go up to something, and I'm, like, I'm trying to figure out what I'm doing wrong. I'm like, why can't I get past this area? And it's something so simple I just wasn't noticing. So, <laughs> um, But, no, I'm really excited about uh, continuing to play the game, and uh, I've only played that first area. But um, I know we had talked about for our show that we would have guests on from time to time. Mm -hmm. And I think what we're going to try to do is have what we're going to call our Lego experts or our correspondents. You know, people that, you know, beyond me and you would be kind of a regular part of the show and come on from time to time. Um, So we've actually talked to a couple people. My friend Tim Bjorgen, who is the guy who created our logo. Um, will be one of those people. And then also Teresa Delgado, who should be known by our listeners, hopefully, because uh, we both podcast with her and other podcasts, uh, would also be one of those Lego expert correspondents that would come on from time to time. And she's everywhere, so yes. you can't miss her. <laughs> and I think she is, she is very excited about talking about the Lego Star Wars game. So I think uh, once I get a little bit deeper into the game and uh, once she gets a chance to play through some of it, we'll, we'll have her on and do a full review. Awesome. Um, and then the next thing we have on our item are the uh, two Freemaker Adventure sets. So uh, I actually haven't gone out, <laughs> which is why I saw the fireworks from 
inside my home. But I haven't gone out to the store to take a look at what's currently sitting on shelves. And Are you like an Obi-Wan type? You just stay at home, hermit? I am, you know, yeah. <laughs> go out and I, fight a crate dragon every once in a while. Exactly. I, you know, I make tea. I, I rub at my chin a lot as if I have a beard. As if... <laughs> <laughs> thinking you know deeply about things uh but no i haven't i haven't seen uh the sets on shelves have you aaron i actually have um the main place i go to look for lego sets is target um that's kind of it's really close to my house and they usually have a pretty good supply of stuff so i found the star scavenger at target i've seen it there and i've seen it a number of other other places but th- i could not find the Eclipse Fighter. So the two sets that are out right now that are based on Freemaker Adventures are the Star Scavenger, which is the, the Freemaker ship, which our show is named after. Um, they have the set there. And then they also have the Eclipse Fighter, which is Nare's, um, I guess her kind of, her, I don't know what you call her, dark side user <laughs> ship. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Dark side acolyte, maybe. Yeah, but uh, yeah, evil looks like. So she's got her eclipse fighter. Um, so yeah, they have two sets right now, and um, they're pretty pretty cool looking sets. I definitely want to get the star scavenger. Yeah, for sure. And I didn't realize that. I mean, the ghost seems to be an ad- you know the the ghost Lego set seems like it's kind of. Um, the size the ship would be if it was in you know reality into scale, but the scar the star scavenger actually looks really small compared to the little minifigs. Yeah, I I guess I can kind of agree with that. I think the ghosts seem small to me as well, but this does seem smaller. You know, you, yeah. In the show, it's got a very like um you know when they take the the hauler section off, mm. you know, it's kind of just this long line. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, almost reminiscent of uh, Princess Leia's like landing ship in The Force Awakens. Oh yeah, you know, kind of that long, you know, look to it that doesn't really have that what you would expect like a fuselage kind of look. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Am I saying the right word there? Is that the fuselage? I, don't know. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> but it just looks like wings. Um, so yeah, it, it does look a little small. It comes with the whole crew, which I thought was cool. Yeah, it does. You, you have yeah. Roger minifig. And all three of the the family members as well, which I think that's really awesome because something like the ghost, you know, you buy the ghost, it only came with, you know, a few of the minifigs, mm-hmm. but you don't get the whole crew. You got to buy other sets to get the full crew. In this case, you get everybody all in one set, which I thought was really cool. Gotcha. Yeah, that's true. And I didn't realize that little scooping, scooping mechanism that they have. Is that, is that something we've seen on the show already? I think so, right? Maybe. Um, I'm not, I think it's kind of almost like a droid hall or like a, it's a droid type thing, I guess, mm, yeah. that, uh, you know, helps them, you know, lift things or whatever. So I, they're calling it, at least on the site that I'm at, they're calling it like a mech type oh. thing, which I don't know, but I'm not sure what the, the official name of that part is. Gotcha. But yeah, I like, I like, um, Nari's ship as well. And I think she has... Is that another minifig, including her? Yeah, I think uh, I think it comes with Dengar. Oh, that's so weird. Of all people, <laughs> yeah. And it comes with a cool speeder bike, which I guess maybe is Dengar's speeder bike. Um, and then, yeah, you have her, her ship, which looks really cool. It does, yeah. I like the color scheme, red and black. I mean, you can't go wrong with those colors. <laughs> yeah, at least not for a dark side user, right? <laughs> um, 
I think, and it's cool, she comes with, so she comes with her hair, but then she also comes with like a hood thing, I guess, that you can remove the hair and put on her hood. Mm-hmm. It's another plastic piece. But I believe her face also flips around, so you can have like the the normal look with the white tattoos, but then if you flip it around, she gets that evil look that she gets when she gets angry. Right, so yeah. So that's, that's cool how Lego um, is starting to do that, where you have a couple options on the, well, I guess they've been doing it for a while, but... You know, you have a couple options on uh, mm-hmm. how your character's face is going to look. But, Depending um, on the situation. <laughs> right, yeah. Right. So, yeah, I think both sets are actually really cool. I'd love to have them both. Um, I The Star Scavenger is, uh, it retails for $50, $49.99 in the U.S. And then the Eclipse Fighter retails for $29.99. So if you're looking for a more affordable set, um, you can definitely go for the for the Eclipse Fighter. It's twenty dollars cheaper, which mm. is pretty significant. It is it's it's fewer pieces, so that's part of the reason why. Awesome, and then going back to the fact that we were just talking about the ghosts, I think Kanan was one of those minifigs that were included. Yes, uh, he was, and I thought I know we were talking last episode about Kanan. I kind of asked you if you had a Kanan minifig and. Um, you don't have one yet, right? I do not. No, okay. I only yeah. have Ahsoka, Rex, Ezra, and Sabine. And I know I'm, <laughs> I'm desperately need more. I probably do have more, but I just honestly don't keep track of what I have. <laughs> yeah, and I'm I'm kind of the same way. I actually had um, earlier on when the, when Star Wars was first coming out with Lego sets. I believe it was like 1999 was the first Star Wars Lego set with you know the release of the phantom menace Mm -hmm. and um so i got a couple sets early on and you know throughout the years have been just getting here and there i was never the type to go out and buy every single set i just never had that kind of money Mm -hmm. um but i you know always trying to buy sets here and there so i did have a number of the minifigs even way back when the minifigs were still yellow like everybody's you know skin was just yellow Mm -hmm. no matter who they were (laughs) um you know, I have some of those. I've, I've come across them from time to time in boxes of stuff. I'll come across like a, a yellow Luke Skywalker, um, things like that. So I have minifigs, but it hasn't been until the last couple of years that I've really started to, you know, collect Lego again and, and actually, you know, try to keep my sets nice and, you know, keep my minifigs in order and all that type of stuff. So I'm excited about kind of getting back into it. Yeah, and I I know I really want to collect actually the since you mentioned Phantom Menace, I'd love to collect the Amidala uh minifig, which is super rare um from my understanding and expensive whenever it does show up. So hopefully I'll get my hands on it. Um if anything I'm I'm looking forward to going back to New York Comic Con where they usually have tables of minifigs set up. So I definitely want to grab a few of those, especially um, some characters that I've missed over the years. Yeah, I'm the same way. I would lo- like I did. I every time I go to cons, I see those tables, and I kind of you know I don't usually hover around them and check them out. But now I'm starting to get really interested in. Like I want to maybe pick a theme or something or a character and try to find all the all the characters, or maybe like you know find as many Jedi as I can or as many clones or something like that. I haven't decided yet mm, what it's mm-hmm. going to be. But I will be at New York Comic Con as well, so maybe we can uh, we can hang out around some of those tables and haggle with the the vendors a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I'd love that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so we were talking about Kanan, and neither of us have him. So I was curious, you know, where 
where can you find him? You know, what sets is he in? And I thought it'd be fun to maybe on, you know, different episodes, we can focus in on a character and kind of identify, you know, where people can find that, that minifig. So for Kanan, we can check that out. And, um, he is in the ghost, uh, which is a, a more expensive set. That's a $90 set Yeah. for the ghost. Yeah. I don't own the ghost. I would love to, um, that's one that would kind of maybe sit on my Christmas list and I'd have to get gifted that one. Um, <laughs> but it comes with Kanan. It also comes with Hera and Zeb and a Stormtrooper. So that, you know, if you want to go all in and just, you know, spend your 90 bucks, you can get Kanan along with the Ghost and, and uh, some other great minifigs. Um, you can also find them in, you know, this is a set you should have. The Wookie, I do. <laughs> the Wookiee Gunship. I should have this one. Ah, but yes, it is on my Christmas list. So I definitely want to get that one. And then I'll end up getting Kanan in there too. Right. And it comes with, uh, I think, three Wookiees. Yes. Um, it comes with. So, yeah, so you can get that. Now, that's a little bit cheaper of a set. That's a $70 set. And I think you can still find that out there without the, the price being marked up too much. I know one thing about Lego is once a, a set isn't on the shelves anymore, uh, and it goes to like eBay and that type of thing, the the prices really start to climb pretty fast. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, you can find that one. Um, and then what else here? The Kanan speeder bike. Now that's probably your best bet if you're trying to to get Kanan on a cheaper at a cheaper price point. You can get that set for just twenty dollars. Um, and that's a newer set that just was released, I believe, uh, in December. Oh, oh no, cool. March. It was it was it was released in the U.S. in March, oh, so it's yeah. it's only been out for a few months. So this is readily available. I just saw it at Target the other day, and at twenty bucks, if you're if you're looking for a Kanan minifig, that's probably your best bet. Yeah, and I like the fact that it comes with a speeder bike, which you know has a history of it having been Ahsoka speeder bike at one point in the concept design and the concept of it. So that's neat that you get to have him and the speeder bike. That's um, all green and matching him. <laughs> yeah, and it comes with um, a stormtrooper as well, and then what they're calling an imperial combat driver, mm. which is basically the, like the gray armored troopers that kind of have that really cool helmet. The ATDP, I think. Is that the same as the ATDP pilot? Yeah, I think so. Okay, cool. So, yeah, so there's three options that you can find on the shelves. Now, there was a exclusive to I believe Fan Expo in Toronto. Oh. Where it was the the ghost the um what were, what is that called? The um uh what is it? Micro fighters, I believe. Oh okay. Yeah, yeah, the the yeah, I am familiar with those. You know the set that typically comes with Hera? Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. like the mini ghost. Now they had an exclusive to Fan Expo in Toronto that that exact same set, but instead of coming with Hera, it came with Kanan. Ah, uh, and I know I know some people were a bit upset about that because they would expect Hera to be uh, in that in that set. Right. I don't know. They shouldn't be too upset because if they got lucky and got that, yeah, that that's hard to find. Mm. Uh, the Hera set is easy to find. So, you know, if you ha- if you got that, keep that in box, and then go buy the Hera one if you want the Hera minifig, and then you can <laughs> resell the Kanan one because that one is is probably pretty tough to find since it was an exclusive. So yeah, so there's your there are your options if you're looking for Kanan, um, but I think for me, I will probably go out and get that speeder bike set the pretty speeder soon. Speeder bike, yeah. yeah. Oh well, and the Wookie gunship for me. <laughs> Wookie gunship, yeah. 
Um, a little bit more expensive. Now they do have a, a micro fighters version of the Wookiee gunship. Do they? I didn't realize that. Yeah, so that's uh, if you want to get a cheaper, smaller version of the Wookiee gunship, you can find that um, in the micro fighter sets. I think those usually run for about ten bucks. Ah. Um, and that just comes with one Wookiee minifig. So you're not going to get Kanan with it, but you can at least have that that Wookiee gunship since you are the Wookiee gunner. Yes. <laughs> Which we're going to talk about some Wookiee gunships in the, the episode review today, too. Yes, we are. And I was really excited about that. <laughs> um, and that was the episode entitled uh, Peril on Kashyyyk. And it actually aired a f- week ago now, I think. Um, June, and I'm June 27th. June 27th, yeah. And I didn't get the chance to see it live because it comes on at 10 o'clock in the morning. And unfortunately, I'm at work at that time. But I did catch it later on in the day. And it's a fun episode. I thought it was great to uh, see the Wookiees again since they're such a big part of Star Wars. And uh, I enjoyed enjoyed, uh, Rowan and his Wookiee speak. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, do you want to just jump right into that review then? Yeah, definitely. All right. So we are going to review. uh, We already did the first four episodes in our first episode, our pilot episode. Uh, We reviewed the first four episodes. So to get caught up, we're going to review the fifth episode of season one, Peril on Kashyyyk. And it it aired on June 27th, 2016, and it was written by David Shane. So, yeah, kind of just like the, the episode itself starts out the freemakers in a similar situation i guess that we may find to be a pretty common theme for them is that they are tight on money yeah they're poor <laughs> they're poor they don't have any money and their their funny landlord pops in and he seems to have a sense for when they're talking about money and kind of pops in which i think i thought was pretty funny yeah for lack it kind of reminds me of my situation where i'm like i'm poor i need money <laughs> but yeah i totally i feel for them because it's it's such a, a pain trying to save up for rent and they definitely need it for their to sustain their their little workshop there yeah and cordy being the responsible one i think is the one that's the most concerned about it she's the yeah. one that really it seems to bother her that they really need this money um, that they that they can't pay their pay their dock fees, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so we have the situation where they're you know looking for any income, and then what shows up? But this really cool looking ship shows up yes. like a um, I don't know what you call that. Is that like a, a it's not a skiff, but it kind of looks like the skiff. I don't. Know, I thought it was a yacht. <laughs> yeah, it's like a yacht, right? Yeah. It's, yeah, Xander. I think Xander had mentioned the uh, model number of it, and he was in awe and, and naming every piece and the yeah. fact that it had bantha leather seats and leather covered seats and whatnot. <laughs> yeah. He, he did the same thing when he saw the N1 starfighter. Yeah. So I thought it was funny that they're kind of keeping that theme going with, you know, when this cool ship comes in, he runs over to it and starts pointing out all the, the features. And, you know, I, th- I thought that was really good, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but yeah. So this luxury yacht shows up, um, which then, gives them the opportunity to possibly make some money. Yeah, yeah. And this uh, Twi'let guy comes out of it, and he's very uh, affluent individual, and his name is Agnacio Walton, and I just love that name. <laughs> <laughs> Which, yeah, for whatever reason, it doesn't sound very Star Wars to me. No. Ignacio, but 
Uh, it works for Lego Star Wars. Um, he's got this tiny little mustache and the the very affluent voice, um, which isn't what we've heard before from Twi'leks in uh, in Star Wars. We have you know like Bib Fortuna from the movie. Uh, who's got this real gravelly, you know, he's not even speaking basic, you know, he's speaking like uh, Hatice, mm. um, you know, and then we get the Clone Wars version of the Twi'leks who have French accents, you know, Ayla Secura and the other, the other Twi'leks that we were introduced to um, in the different, I'm trying to remember the name. Of, Champs and Dula was one of them. Yeah, Champs and Dula and that whole storyline. Um, yeah, so, and they always had kind of that French accent, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then this guy comes in with a very, what was it? A, I don't even remember. It was like a British accent, wasn't it? It's very, it's almost like... Um, it was very airy. Uppity, like, uppity, yeah, uppity American. Like a, <laughs> it's not quite British, but it's like that American accent where they want to sound like they're British. Yes. You know? <laughs> That's it, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah, a very uppity character. Not too unlike the last uppity character that came in with his fancy, you know, N1 Starfighter. Right, so. right, Mr. Cooper, I think that was his name. And I like that this was actually the episode. It's funny because we've had so many other tweets before, and this was the episode that made me think, oh, my gosh, this guy has a mustache. That means that they have hair. <laughs> <laughs> and then I went back and I told my friend because I was very surprised. I'm like, this is probably not just a Lego feature. This is probably, like, in other things as well. And then I noticed Hera has eyebrows. And it was, like, the, the most... I was like, my mind was blown. And I told my friend and she's like, yeah, they have hair. I'm like, for real? <laughs> I've never, ever even thought about that. Right? I was so <laughs> shocked. <laughs> the, maybe they only typically have eyebrows. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, and this guy just doesn't have any eyebrows, but he has a mustache. <laughs> but he might have painted it on. I could see him doing something like that. Yeah, so to go with the fake accent. Right, yeah. <laughs> so... Yeah, so he's looking for a very specific item yes. for his dashboard. He's he's looking for a dashboard that's made out of, and I'm, I'm probably not going to pronounce this right, r- r- rochier trees? Yeah, rochier trees, rochier yeah. Rochier wood, um, which I thought was kind of a, it was cool that they used that terminology. I know that's something that was, I think, first used way back in the Legends universe with uh, the Heir to the Empire novel. Mm. Um, Timothy Zahn. Now I don't know the history of that, or if that if that term was originated by Zahn, or if that's something he got from notes, you know, from you know Lucasfilm. But it, I think, its first appearance was in a Legends book. So it was kind of cool that they were sticking with the terminology that had already been established um, mm. for that planet. Yeah, I wonder if we, whether we would have heard it. Um, had the Clone Wars episodes featuring the Wookiees that was that we never actually got to see. I wonder if they would have mentioned it in that in that in those episodes. Yeah, maybe. Um, what I did find interesting was, and I'm I'm if I'm remembering correctly, they never referred to their language. They always referred to the language as Wookie. Mm, like mm-hmm. I speak Wookie, um, which is you know they I think you know that's probably an informal way to say it, but there is a specific term for their language that has always been used. So I was curious, wonder, wondering why they didn't use that, but it is kind of a hard to pronounce weird word that they might, might've thought, oh, kids will understand Wookie better than they'll understand Shiri Wook or whatever yeah. it is. So, but yeah, so of all people that speak Wookie, Rowan, of course, 
speak Wookiee, which I thought was pretty hilarious. Yeah, and he learned it from the spacer Wookiee, uh, this guy who was a, a spacer, and he learned it for a day because that's how long the guy was around. <laughs> so he he picked up on a few things, but not really all that many accurate terms. <laughs> right. Yeah, Cordy did not trust him. No. He said he said he spoke Wookiee. He even said some things, I guess. You know, in that voice, which I thought was just hilarious. I wonder if the kid that does the voice of Rowan mm-hmm. was the one who also did the the Wookiee impression, or if I they had someone so. else do it. Yeah, that that must be the actor's name is Nicholas Cantu, and he's very. I've seen a few interviews with him, and his voice is very distinct. And those Wookiee uh, growls or whatever he was doing really sounded like him um, at the you know when you get down to it. So I think that was definitely him. Okay. Yeah, I think it was. It did sound like it was just it was the same voice, but that's impressive. Yeah, he se- totally. I, I've seen images of him. He seems like he's he's a pretty young kid. Yeah, I I forget the age, but yeah, he's definitely young and definitely suits the part when it comes to Rowan. Uh, Rowan's innocence. <laughs> yeah, he does a great job. Um, but yeah, that was that was pretty funny to hear him speak Wookie. Uh, but Cordy is not quite convinced that you know he's going to do the job. You know, if they got to go to Takashik and you know talk to the the Wookiees she wants to have an actual translator and not you know her little brother who thinks he can speak Wookiee <laughs> right <laughs> so they they go to buy uh, a droid possibly and then they end up trying to go a cheaper option because they just didn't want to fork out the credits since they didn't really have any credits 30,000 was pretty, a lot though for yeah. a droid <laughs> yeah. that's like a college education right there <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, they decide instead to just download a free, you know, HoloNet program. <laughs> that was so hilarious because <laughs> it's it's exactly what kids, at least kids Nicholas Cantus's age, would connect to. You know, they would download something from the internet to do whatever it is that they need to do, and so that really connected well with this generation right now and the whole you know social media, computer use, and whatnot. Yeah, it's definitely relatable to our time. You know, if you can't find something, you know, you just go straight to Google. Like, oh, let me Google it and let me see if I can find it for free. Uh, Yes. So, yeah, that was great. Um, But, yeah, before they go, Nare was definitely still trying to push, you know, that she's like, oh, well, you know, we need to find these kyber crystals. You know, she's still very much pushing that, the importance of that to the universe. Mm -hmm. But, um, But Rowan is, you know, super excited about going on an adventure. So I think at this time he's he's distracted and not necessarily focused on the kyber crystals right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Nare, um, I like that she backed off, actually. She didn't really, like, go crazy on him or had another tantrum. So Yeah, uh, she's starting to overplay her hand a little bit, so maybe, you know, she just, she's probably smart to back off a little bit. Yeah, um, yeah, so definitely. So they don't catch on to her. Because she's not too great at hiding that. <laughs> no, she's not, no. <laughs> And and then Xander, obviously, he has a bad feeling about it. And then uh, I like how Cordy just shouted at him, no, you don't. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was great because we hear that line so much in Star Wars and, and sometimes it's almost overused. Yeah. But I thought it was a funny way to, to do it where he's like, I have a bad feeling about this. And she's like, no, you don't. You know, and then it cuts, <laughs> you know, it just cuts to the next scene. Is, that was a, a very funny way to do it. Yeah, yeah. And um, actually, a little bit before that, Roger was talking about how he has been to Kashyyyk before and how he's not a fan of it uh, yeah. <laughs> because he lost his arm there. He's experienced. And I mean, in his book, he wrote all about 
his experience on Kashyyyk. So yeah, he's not uh, he's not that keen on going. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, but we do get so we kind of move from the family to we get introduced to I guess the Imperials that are going to be in this episode. Um, and I instantly recognize the voice of um, Durpin. Oh yeah. Did you recognize the voice? I did not. No, I actually had to wait for the credits to roll to to find out. But that's that's neat that you recognized it. Yeah, every episode, I'm I'm really I like ever since probably Clone Wars and Rebels, like because they get so many notable actors to come in and do guest voices on the different episodes. Mm-hmm. I'm always listening for it now. You know, gotcha. you know, when I hear a new voice, I'm like, do I know that voice? Do I, and, and like even. Um, even going back to the episode with the, the character that had the N1 Starfighter, um, the actor that voiced him is a notable actor. Oh, uh, I didn't catch that. Do you remember? Um, I believe his name is Tom Lennon. Tom Lennon. But he's known from uh, what he he used to be in Reno 911. Oh, okay. <laughs> and he's maybe more known for the show he does now with Matthew Perry, The Odd Couple, I think it's. Gotcha. Um, yeah, so he, yeah, he's a notable actor in a lot of movies and stuff, but I remember hearing his voice and recognizing it and then seeing the credits. And so in this case, it was, um, the actor Richard Kind, who, you know, some probably known from some older shows, this is going to date me, but Mad About You, Spin City. Do you remember those sitcoms? I do. I do remember those. Yeah. So he's kind of known for, he played uh, characters in those shows, but I think what, why I recognize his voice was more from the stuff he's done in Pixar and specifically the voice of Molt from A Bug's Life. <laughs> that is what really stuck out to me. I was like, this is the guy from Bug's Life. Um, That's too cool. I actually haven't seen that movie in years, but I remember loving it because of, oh, shoot, I forgot the name of the character with the the stick. <laughs> the stick. Wait, was that Bug's Life? Flick? Or is it Flick? I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's been ages since I last saw that. And I actually haven't, uh, according to our notes, he's also from Inside Out. And I actually have not seen that movie. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's a character in Inside Out that is uh, a really great character called Bing Bong. And he's basically like the inner, the imaginary friend that the girl had growing up. And is oh. now kind of still inside of her head, but she's kind of forgotten about him mm. kind of thing. Um, and plays a pretty pivotal role in the in the movie so yeah his i didn't recognize the voice from from inside out as fast as i recognize it from a bug's life he plays in a bug's life he is the the brother of the main like grasshopper villain kind of the bumbling brother yeah 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 Yeah. um so yeah that's that's the voice that really stuck out to me i was like oh this sounds like that guy from the bug's life and sure enough i googled it and it was the same actor so yeah i wonder if it I wonder if that'll be something that we can kind of expect as the show goes forward. I know we haven't had like the big, um, I don't know. I guess who? I guess they did have Billy D. Williams do Lando, right? They did. Was it? No, I thought that was. Oh no, I don't. I honestly don't remember. But I know he voiced another. He voiced one of the Trandoshans on this one. Billy D. Williams did. Oh, not Billy D. Oh. Williams. That was <laughs> <You're>... <laughs> Bradley Baker. Okay. <laughs> Somebody else with three names. Yes. Yes, um... yes, yes. D. <laughs> D Bradley Baker, yes, did do uh, a voice of the Transocean. 
I'm like, Deep Valley Maker can do Lando. That'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was trying to think if we had gotten uh, any notable, you know, kind of big name actors, um, maybe outside of what we would expect from, you know, people who have been in the movies. Mm. Um, because I know Clone Wars and Rebels have both, you know, used some pretty big name actors um, in their shows. And, you know, I wonder if we can kind of expect the same thing going forward with um, Freemakers. Right. Yeah. So, so far, we've gotten a couple, not like huge, you know, household names, but definitely notable uh, voice actors. Right. Right. And moving. Uh, so then, this actor voiced the character Durpin. Yes, which was a hilarious character. Yes. Hilarious <laughs> Imperial officer. Um, almost what we all kind of think is going on inside the heads of the Imperial officers. He is vocalizing. Yes. <laughs> I loved his whole, you know, if we do nothing, then nothing, then nothing will happen. You know? Right. First rule of Imperial officer survival, do nothing. Do that nothing. Was, that was the quote, which I thought was perfect. You know, he's, he has no ambition. He's just trying to fly under the radar. Don't get in anybody's way and don't get yourself force choked by Darth Vader. Right. And he def- definitely does not want to be promoted. That's like the least thing. He wants. He does not want that to happen. <laughs> yeah, I like the scene where he decides that they're going to go down to the planet themselves because they don't want to involve any stormtroopers. Right. He, does, he wants the least amount of people to know that somebody has broken their blockade um, and gotten onto the planet. And so he, him and his um, his like assistant, which I'm forgetting his name, but he had a great name. Do you remember oh, it? I don't remember. Uh, what is it? It is a uh, plume striker, Lieutenant plume striker. <laughs> great name. Um, so yeah, he, his assistant there is, you know, going down with him to the planet and he's like, I love it when you lead, sir. And the guy's like, I'm not leading. You know, he's <laughs> like, don't, don't give me any credit for anything. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, don't put any responsibility on me, please. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, th- those characters were, were great. <laughs> they were, <laughs> and um, I also liked when they Cordy and the team blew, um, came out of hyperspace. They were in a disguise. They had disguised their ship. Yes, as an Imperial it, shuttle, right? And <laughs> and coming out of hyperspace, you know the the force of it <laughs> broke away. The the disguise broke away, and I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was great. The way they animated that, you know, they had this clever disguise, and as soon as they come out of hyperspace, it just falls apart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's great. Oh, gosh. And then they end up having to fight off the Imperials, but they manage to escape them on the surface of the planet, luckily for them. <laughs> right. Right. And they get down there, they get to meet the Wookiees, and they... um I guess the Wookiees show up and they're kind of fierce. You know, they're coming up, they're growling, they're not, they don't seem too friendly. And so they, of course, you know, send the droid to go talk to them. (laughs) (laughs) We're not going to put ourselves in danger. Roger, you know, you're a people person, which I thought that was such a great line. Yes. You're a people person. He's like, they're, they're Wookiees, not people. And I'm a droid, not a person. (laughs) (laughs) And of course he goes right up to him and they just right away, just rip his head off. They do. <laughs> and he's like, I was worried about that. And, you know, and poor Roger having lost his arm. I can't believe they sent him in there. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> to lose another limb. 
And and then Rowan, they think, oh gosh, this is this is the worst. We're gonna leave. And then Rowan ends up speaking Wookie with them, <laughs> and I love yeah. that interaction between him and the leader of the clan. There. <laughs> do you do a Wookie impression? I do not. I'm terrible at it. <laughs> you, yeah, me neither. Good. We won't try then. <laughs> we won't. We won't torture our listeners. <laughs> right. <laughs> Unless um, you send us an email. Right. See, that's how we can get people to send us emails. <laughs> send us an email specifically requesting a Wookiee growl, and we will both attempt it on the we next episode. We will attempt it, yes. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, so kind of what ends up happening is Rowan realizes that they, well, first of all, the Wookiees just give them the, the wood that they need. Right, for the right. dashboard. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they think they're just getting off scot-free, but quickly they realize there's a price to pay. They have to help rescue, quote-unquote, the princess Right. Um, w- who is now, I guess, captured by the Trandoshans. Um, so, I, yeah, that was... And then Rowan's super excited about the opportunity to go on an adventure, you know, kind of Jedi rescuing a princess. You know, this right. is something that he he thinks is uh, pretty exciting. Yeah, I like that he shouted, Princess Rescue! <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and I like that Cordy, when she first got the dashboard, the, uh, the piece of wood... She said, "Free is my favorite, uh, my favorite price." Right. <laughs> I'm like, that's totally my favorite price too. <laughs> and um, let's see. And then after that, they end up heading over to the facility that's guarded by the Trandoshans. And I like that Xander quickly built a a. Um, catapult catapult right to get into into the the location and i'm like man i really gotta do that so i, I can catapult myself over to star wars celebration europe right yeah <laughs> if only it was that easy if only right <laughs> and uh and then they unfortunately happen upon a group of trandoshans and cordy totally i love this ability of her she comes up with stories on the spot and she manages to get out of whatever situation she's in with a, with a simple story <laughs> yeah they're definitely establishing her as kind of the brains of yeah. the group you know she's kind of and i wouldn't say she's the level-headed one because she especially in this episode was not level-headed no she was no. so focused on and i think we i had kind of compared her to Hera last episode but i feel like this is where they differ you know, where Hera is usually the one that's pretty level-headed and kind of keeps everybody even keel. Um, Cordy can get, you know, kind of excited and wrapped up in the situation. Um, you know, she was so focused on getting that dashboard and getting the, the money for it that she was kind of, you know, being a little bit haphazard. Yeah, yeah, and taking it with her in the first place. I'm like, Cordy, you should have just left it behind. <laughs> <laughs> Although it did become a good excuse, right? Yeah, that's, yeah. that's how she convinced the Trandoshans that they were supposed to be there because they were there to install, you know, the dashboard at right. the, the prison facility. The wood delivery. <laughs> right. So, yeah, so they, they get their you know, their way past the Trandoshans and then they go inside and kind of figure out that the uh, princess, quote unquote princess, is in cell number 1138. Right. So we get the, the, the 1138 reference, which I think, um, you know, we were talking about. I have a bad feeling about this being overdone. This one is definitely overdone. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I wonder what other numbers they'll be slipping in uh, from here on out. I mean, they're, it's, it's fun, though. Even though it's used often, it's fun to pick them up when, when they show up. Definitely. Uh, especially if they're especially if they're like written somewhere or um and they're not necessarily uh, verbally said uh but yeah i i like picking up on those references <laughs> yeah definitely and um that was the obvious you know cell number 1138 kind of stuck out they said it audibly but there was a very cool easter egg that i didn't catch until i watched back through a second time and paused the screen mm um, but in the the list of prisoners, I guess, that she looks at to identify where uh, the prisoner is, there, I guess, is a list of other names of other prisoners. And it's all in Arbesh. Yeah, and yeah, so I remember that. I, I love to try to, decise, to decipher Arbesh. It's one of my hobbies as I'm reading through the comics or watching the shows. I like to pause it and, you know, try to figure out what all the different words say. And so in this case, you know, there's a list of Arabesh words. So I'm like, oh, I got to read them all. <laughs> and so I'm reading down the list and, you know, I come across uh, one of the names is Lobaka. Nice. Which I was like, wow, that is such a cool, like obscure reference. Not obscure to people who have been following kind of the legends, you know, universe. But for most, you know, 99% of the people that are probably watching this show, they would not even know, you know, what... <laughs> who Lobaka is, but I thought that was a really cool reference to a, a pretty uh, major character in the, the Legends novels. Were so. there any other names that popped up? You know what? I got super excited about coming across that one that I stopped <laughs> reading the list. So I don't know. And I'm pretty good with Arabesh, but I'm not good enough that I can just sit and just read it like I would be able to read English. Mm. Um, you know, so I have to kind of sit and look and like figure out what the letters are and try to remember which symbols represent which letters. Um, I don't read it fluently yet, um, but I'd like to get there. So, but for this one, it was, it was enough deciphering. And once I came across that word, I was super excited and, and didn't do the rest. So I don't know. I don't know if any of the other names that were on the list meant anything. It'd be interesting to go back and kind of, uh, you know, do maybe a Wikipedia search on the other names and see if there are other characters who show up elsewhere. Mm-hmm. So. And so they end up opening up the cell and they find not Princess Tantara, but Prince. <laughs> yes, Prince. <laughs> Prince did not like being referred to as a princess. No, he did not. <laughs> and what I also liked about the fact that there was a younger Wookiee on the scene was that it reminded me of Star Wars Rebels Spark of Rebellion when uh, Ezra was assisting little Kitwar in um, in the Spice Mines of Kessel. So those, that that was pretty cool, the, uh, the parallel there. Yeah, it definitely reminded me of that as well. Mm-hmm. But we and- got... We got the uh, the convenient Kyber Saber crystal appearance. Yeah, yeah. So you saw his eyes turn for for a few seconds, but I noticed that this time around it didn't control him. Um, he uh, managed to find it without having been under that hypnotic state for for too long. And remember, or what was the missing piece though? The Nare wasn't with him. Oh, you're right. Your theory. My theory is it's holding it's holding up. (laughs) You're so right. (laughs) She wasn't there to do the mind control, so he was under a little bit more control himself. But uh you know, I'm I'm gonna stick to that one until I'm proven wrong. (laughs) That I think she has a lot more influence on him. 
But um, yeah, you're right. He did go into the kind of the, his eyes changed, but he didn't get into that hypnotic state. Right, right. And slightly before that, the Wookiee, they had signaled the Wookiees to come and start um, tearing down the place now that Tantara was safe and that, uh, you know, they can start um, booting the uh, Trandoshans and, and uh, the Imperials out. So uh, we see those awesome Wookiee gunships. <laughs> Yes, the Wookiee gunships made an appearance. I feel like it's just it's it keeps getting thrown in your face. You got to get one of those. It, it is. It yeah. is being thrown. It's. I'm. I'm feeling. You know, the the slap across my face every time. <laughs> so yeah, I really gotta wake up and and go grab one. <laughs> I'd be interested to ask if we ever interview any of the creators of the show. I'd be interested to ask them how close the the model that we see on the show. So if you have like a set, like. Uh, the Star Scavenger or a Wookiee gunship or the N1 Starfighter, which are all Lego sets that exist, how close they stick to the the way they look in the show to the way that they're designed in the sets. Right. Yeah, or if I it's just like they just design it in the show kind of however they want and don't necessarily refer to the actual sets. But mm-hmm. I'd be I'd be curious to to maybe do a side by side comparison and see how close they look. So true. And uh, I like that in the in the mess that's happening, the battle that ensues, uh, Cordy and the rest are are headed over to find the crystal, and both the Imperials are up and away. Up and away, <laughs> yes. <laughs> From what's happening down below, and and the Plume Striker, I believe his last name is right. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's adamant and, and and totally into finding the the the, the people who uh, are in, infiltrators basically and I like that he was so determined whereas the other guy is just like I just keep doing what you're doing <laughs> yeah yeah he's like I lost him in the smoke and he's like keep looking and he's he was so determined he's like I will sir I will you know so <laughs> determined um yeah that was that was great Um, I think it's, I find it interesting. I didn't notice until this episode that, you know, in all the animation that we, you know, we're fans of, you know, the Clone Wars and Rebels, the main characters are always, you know, they're people who are warriors or, you know, battle tested, you know, they're carrying weapons, Mm -hmm. you know, they have lightsabers and guns and, you know, cool stuff like that. The Freemakers don't carry weapons. You know, and this became very apparent as they're, you know, under fire. Uh, the Trandoshans are, you know, attacking them and they're kind of, they don't really have a way of defending themselves. And I, I never really noticed that until this episode. That's true. I didn't notice that until you mentioned it right now. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I wonder, it's, I, because, it's because I guess they're, they're just scavengers. So they don't really yeah. need. They've probably never sort of... really faced the need for weapons until now. So I wonder if that's something that'll change. Right. As the show goes on, if they go on more of these adventures where they're coming under fire, that maybe they start to, you know, carry weapons. Right. Or at least something to stun the people around them. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So, yeah, that kind of that jumped out to me this time. Hmm. But they're really good at dodging. That's for sure. (laughs) So they were dodging all these blaster bolts in the process of getting the crystal. And Oroin manages to get it with the help of Tantara. 
and uh, and he has his he has his. So I think that's the third crystal, right? Or is it the fourth? Are we up to four now? I think somewhere around there. We're, we're at three or four. I'm not. I think there's only six, right? Yeah. 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 So I th- I think we might be at three still. Gotcha. Because, yeah. Uh, the third one we thought they found was actually Lando's cape. <laughs> so. <laughs> Which is a treasure in and of itself. Yeah, I mean, it's probably <laughs> lined with kyber crystals. They, he actually ground up the kyber crystal that he found and then like put it, speckled it throughout his cape. That's right. that's probably what happened to that one. But um. <laughs> yep, and then the they end up, you know, heading back to the ship and. Cordy gets separated from them, but the uh, two Imperials are have captured them, and Xander and Rowan are trying to signal Cordy to do something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's behind. She's standing behind the Imperial officers, and they have no idea she's there. Um, Plume Plume Striker is starting to remember. He's like, weren't there three of them? You know, yeah. he's starting to figure it out. But she's standing behind them in a perfect position to kind of ambush and knock them out. But the only thing she has to use is this precious, you know, wooden dashboard that uh, she doesn't want to damage. No, mm, which is, I guess, a good thing that she didn't leave behind because that's what she ended up using to knock them out. <laughs> yep, she had to knock them out with it um, after many hints from her brothers. <laughs> yeah, what would you do? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh gosh, and poor Cordy, so sad that she had to destroy the dashboard in the process. Yes. So <laughs> her case of her case of of money or case of credits, that's what she kept calling it. Case of credits. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's great. <laughs> yeah, so in in it all they, you know, they they get out of there but they lose the the dashboard, which means they don't get the credits. Uh, so she's very upset about that. But Nare does get her, you know, her kyber crystal. So the bad guy kind of in the end gets gets what she needs. But uh, the Freemakers need to find another way of making money. Right. And what I found interesting was I didn't really know whether it was just for the because it was part of the script or the way they wrote it. But she ended up saying, oh, the Trandoshans must have taken the crystal with them when they went to Kashyyyk. Mm-hmm. But h- how did she know that Trandoshans were even involved in the whole? My pro- Yeah, I think for the way I was kind of thinking of it was she's probably been searching for these for a while. Mm-hmm. And um, well, you know what? That doesn't make sense either because the emperor just found out about them, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. So it couldn't have been that long she was searching. But maybe she's been doing her research, you know, over however much time has passed in you know between these episodes mm. and so if she's kind of doing her research and realizing maybe possible spots and maybe she knows that the Trandoshans were in possession of one of the six um you know that would kind of make sense the right. thing that didn't right. really make too much sense is why would the Trandoshans transport like their entire right. you know giant <laughs> statue you know shrine thing to right. to the Wookiee homeworld uh you know you would think that the Trandoshans were kind of there temporarily and not, you know, that established, but, you know, it did seem like they're pretty established there if they're going to have giant statues of themselves. Right, yeah. I guess they... I like the like the fact that you get a little bit of their culture, a taste of their culture <laughs> there. So that I liked how funny. the statues just looked like giant Lego minifigs. Yeah, they you know, did. They, they, went, <laughs> they stayed consistent with the look. 
Um, I thought that was funny. And um, and then poor Durbin gets promoted. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> what the he wor- feared the most. <laughs> yes, they, you know, Vader and the Emperor show up, which we hadn't seen them all episode. Uh, they show up at the end, and you're thinking, "Oh man, he's gonna get it." You know, they, they're they're gonna be pretty upset, and he's nervous. <laughs> but they're, you know, they blame it all on the Trandoshans. You know, even <laughs> Vader even says the line, "You failed me for the last time." You know, <laughs> yeah, because those Trandoshans messed everything up, and we're gonna we're gonna <laughs> re- promote you and give you more ships and more responsibility. And you know, he's just like, "Oh, it's my worst nightmare." Yeah, yeah, I love that. But Plume Striker <laughs> is very excited. For yes, him, you know. <laughs> He never really picked up on the fact that his boss just did not like responsibility. <laughs> right. And that kind of right from that scene, I think it drops right into the credits. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, yeah. And that's where, you know, the credits, we, you know, you can see the different, you know, I always like to pause it on this, on the, the screen where it shows the cast. Yeah. Yeah. Same. So I can see if there's any names that I recognize. And, and this one was, I, I caught D Bradley Baker which I thought was really cool to see him. Now he's been a part of the Clone Wars and Rebels, and now he's you know lending his voice to Freemakers as well. So that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, and he doesn't do Lando Calrissian like I no, no, he does not. No, he does not. <laughs> um, although I'm sure he probably could do a pretty good Lando Calrissian. Probably, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, if you're if you're looking for kind of an alien voice or a creature voice. Uh, he's kind of the go-to guy, so perfect for a Trandoshan. So, yeah, but that's pretty much the episode. I I thought it was great. That one, you know, I don't, you know, we're five episodes in, and that that's definitely one of my top. I think that and and the um, the Grabala the Hut episode, the one that kind of focused on that storyline mm-hmm, with mm-hmm. Dengar and all that. I think those two are the standouts for me so far. Yeah, yeah, and and the humor has been great so far. I know, I I, I giggle a lot and I laugh a lot, and it's genuine because I, I I love that stuff and it always cracks me up. And I I even went back and watched a few episodes during the weekend just to have a good laugh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we had some of the uh, the the creators and people involved in the show commenting on you laughing at the jokes right, on yeah. Twitter. They were saying they're going to start using that as a barometer for if the joke works or not on how much you laugh at it. So uh, so far it's been great. I, I, I definitely I hope they continue writing some great jokes in there because, uh, I mean, I can't. I still can't get over the, you can't, the math, I forget the, the one with the math. Can't argue with the math. You can't argue with the math. <laughs> <laughs> IG-89. Yep, that's... That's the minifig I need. I need an IG-89 minifig. Yeah, an yeah, IG-89 and the uh, Ugnaught, the, the most dangerous Ugnaught in the galaxy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so great. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's one thing I'm really loving about this show is the humor is is so spot on. And I wasn't, no, I wasn't sure what to expect when it came to the show, but I think... You know, it's got a really cool story and really cool characters that it's introducing to the universe. I would love to see some of these characters kind of carry over into canon. You know, the Freemakers, or even just if we got a mention of them, you know, in like something like Rebels or or some elements, like maybe Roger shows up somewhere, you know, because he's been around since the Clone Wars, right? Right, yeah. So, you know, maybe have him show up in some canon source. But I think it'd be cool to see some of this stuff carry over. But, 
yeah, I think just purely as a show to watch just for the humor, it's it's awesome. It's perfect. So it really is. It's, yeah, it's really good. Um, but yeah, so that's uh that's kind of our review of the episode. Did you have anything else you wanted to cover before we wrapped up uh, our second episode of Star Scavengers? No, that's pretty much it. I just hope everyone enjoys this episode, and uh, we look forward to watching episode three. Uh, not episode three, episode six, and then recording our third episode. Right. Um, yeah, and we're, you know, second episode, we're still working on things. We we have a logo now, which is, you know, we actually had that up uh, with our first episode. Pretty excited about that. Um, but um, we're still kind of working on figuring out what the intro is going to be. So we're, we kind of have this just some standard music there for now, but I think we might come up with something a little bit more produced eventually. <laughs> um, but for now, you know, we're still, we're still working on uh, figuring out where we're going with the show and improving it as we go. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So stay tuned for our next episode for sure. Yes, and you will be able to find that on iTunes. We are on iTunes now. We're actually on Stitcher as well. Um, I, we did have somebody on Twitter ask us if we were going to be on Stitcher or uh, what is the other one called? Podbean, I think. Was, oh, something like that, yeah. Yeah, I believe we actually are on all of them now. We're on iTunes, we're on Podbean, we're on Stitcher. Um, so you can find us through, you know, if you have an, an iPhone or an Apple device or if you don't, you can still find us on Stitcher, um, you know, so look for us there and, you know, why not be our, be the first review. I don't think we have any reviews yet. So if you're listening to us, after... we do have a review. What? Yeah. Yeah. I Is it, it you? Was it your mom? No, it was not. <laughs> it's, it's, well, she is a friend of mine though. She, uh, Melissa, I believe Jedi librarian 42. She left a message for us on iTunes and I thought it was very sweet because it was our first review. Oh, that's awesome. So we do have one review. Yes, um, but we want more. <laughs> yes. So if you want to be our second review or our third or, you know, we, we're kind of just now starting out. If you like what you're hearing and you want to hear more, definitely leave us a nice five-star review over there iTunes. Um, you can find us on Facebook. We have a Facebook page. Um, search for us, Star Scavengers. We're, I'm pretty sure we're the only Facebook page called Star Scavengers. So you should be able to find us that way. Twitter at Star Scavengers. Uh, we've had a lot of great activity on Twitter. Uh, people, you know, retweeting us, liking us, uh, you know, talking to us on Twitter. So that's been that's been fun. Um, you can send us an email, starscavengers at gmail.com. And you can also go to our website, uh, starscavengers.com, and you can find our episodes there as well. So until next time. May the force be with you. You said that like you were going to say something else after. My bad. May the force... <laughs> May the force be with you. Yes. May the... <laughs> May the force be with you. Perfect. <laughs> it's just that I had something flashing in my laptop and I looked down to see what it was. <laughs> you were like, May the force be with force you. Be with you? <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, and? <laughs> oh, gosh. It's been a long day.